enthusiasm is incredibly infectious and people just want to ride that wave. It makes you feel good. That's kind of how I roll in the world. Welcome to SheEO.World, a podcast about redesigning the world. I'm your host, Vicki Saunders. In each episode, you'll hear from SheEO venture founders, women who are working on the world's to-do list. These innovative business leaders are solving some of the major challenges of our times. Please sit back and be prepared to be inspired. Good morning, Tina. I'm so excited to be in conversation with you today. Welcome. Same for me. Thank you for having me, Vicky. This is really great. So let's start at the beginning. Who are you and why are you here? Well, my name is Tina Roth Eisenberg. I am a Swiss raised and trained graphic designer that decided after she graduated graphic design to move to New York for what was supposed to be three months and found her new home. Resonated deeply with the city and has worked as a designer and then sort of quite accidentally but intuitively started multiple projects that have changed her life. So that's me. Nice. And okay, so already at the start, I love how you just bring yourself forward. So projects versus companies, like serial entrepreneur, no, started multiple projects. Just talk to me about how your view around business. I mean, right there, that language really sort of sets it up for me anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, even though I grew up with two very entrepreneurial parents, I never speak of myself as a serial entrepreneur or because to me, what it comes down to, what, what, what I've learned with myself is that I start projects from a very pure um, heart driven place. There are things that I want to see in the world that just bring joy or just, just feel a need that I would like to see. But what is so interesting with the way I approach this is that I really... I'm not driven by money, but money always comes, <laughs> which I find a really interesting, um, an interesting uh, sort of fact around how I've started everything. So just as an example, the most, like the thing that I'm the most proud of that I've built and has really zero uh, intention around making money did start make money. So when I moved to New York, 21 years ago. And, you know, I was, used to be a very social butterfly back in Europe when I was in university and stuff. And then I moved to New York and I didn't know a soul. And I remember this really sad Friday evening when I was sitting in my kind of shitty sublet in the East Village. And I was like, well, there's nobody to call. Where are my people? And I just remember when you're, when you're an expat, you become so incredibly intentional about your community. It's mm. such a good lesson. And I was like, I need to find my people. And I was just craving a, you know, a gathering of designers and creative-minded humans that are just open-hearted and, and, and generous and kind and a little idealistic as I am. And, and it took me a few years to, to create that gathering. And it's called Creative Mornings. And that, for example, was never meant to be a business for me. That was always meant to be just as this beautiful gift to the world. I give this to New York City. We just gather humans from a you know generous creative place and in it has brought people to me that wanted to give me money to keep it running, which I I just find is interesting for anyone who runs a business to always remind themselves that if if what you do resonates, there will be ways of money flowing to you. Totally. Yeah. I one of my favorite lines is money follows vision. 
Yep. Right. And so it's, yeah, that's absolutely amazing. It's so, you're already like on one of the things I was writing down these questions this morning. I'm like, what do I want to ask Tina about? And one of, one of the ones was, how did you find the others? And of course you answered the question before I had to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Creative Mornings. It is a deeply special community. Uh, you're one of the only people I know in the entire world who has who who had a desire for this kind of a community and I, your words heart centered and kind is this just like we are all looking to revamp how we come mm -hmm. together as humans mm -hmm. on the planet uh, mm -hmm. and you've been doing this now for how long uh we just turned 12 12 years so old, for 12 yeah. years yeah. uh and bringing this community together so let's talk a little bit about how it how it grew how it evolved from the new york gathering mm -hmm. uh, of your people and then tell, tell us a little bit about that journey yeah um so the reason why i started creative mornings and the premise for those that don't know what creative mornings is the premise is very simple 12 years ago i ran a co-working space i unintentionally accidentally created the first creative co-working space in brooklyn i didn't realize i was the first one and the the notion was very simple i just wanted to surround myself with equally creative kind generous humans on a day-to-day -day basis and what I realized is in, in that magic every day, being surrounded by um, people with, with complementing skills and just a really kind and generous mindset is that, I mean, conversations were nourishing. All day was nourishing for me. And especially at the time, I was a mom with small children. I couldn't go out. So I kind of got my social nourishment <laughs> over lunch or over coffee break. So I realized there's so many more out there. Like this is the 8 million people city. Like there's so many creative, more, more creative people out there. So I just had the idea of one Friday morning a month, I'm going to open the door, for, put a little breakfast out, and half a 20 minute lecture. I mean, and this is, this is the beauty of being a designer. It's just a prototyping mindset, not overthinking it, just like putting one thing out, seeing what works, and then you, you know, you chisel away and make it better. But instantly we had like 50 people in my studio. And then the next time we had 70, and the next time we had 80. And so once a month, I just gathered the creative community. And and I never thought about growing it. That was just my little thing I did in the city. And I did it for two years and I did it incredibly scrappily, but it was beautiful. We got invited to other de design studios and six months in, we were at Google, which was kind of to me like, oh, okay, there's something there of Google is hosting us. <laughs> yeah. um, but again, for two years, I just ran it by myself. I often pay breakfast just by myself. It was fine. It was just, you know, it, it nourished me. And, um, but then I was approached by two friends and I'm sure that wasn't an accident within a week one of them wanted to take it to Zurich and one of them wanted to take it to LA. And that was kind of a big moment for me. But the good thing is because I knew them, I kind of knew there was a certain trust there and they wouldn't disappoint me. Mm -hmm. And then I had to figure out if I want to make sure that the, the soul of this can, you know, expand all over the world. I need to be incredibly clear in what, what I call the non-negotiables are, what the values are, what needs to say the same. But then also, given that these are creative humans, I need to give them freedom to explore and experiment. So we created sort of a, a non-negotiables. These are the things that need to stay the same that you have to do in order to be the host slash ambassador in your city. And, but beyond that, please go experiment and tell us what works. So there's an incredible level of trust that I had to extend 
but uh, my like my favorite phrases that I sort of came up with in this whole process of building Creative Mornings is trust breeds magic because Creative Mornings is pure magic. And when you trust someone, you allow. I keep telling myself all the time. You just, it's the biggest compliment of all. Trusting someone, you get the best out of them. Granted, we have to also make sure that we get really good people with good values. And, and so we had to create a system there. But anyway, long story short is that those two friends um, sort of became the catalyst for me to think, well, maybe there's more. And I, we, we've never reached out to anyone. This is pure organic. So we're now 12 years later in 220 cities in 67 countries happening every month, completely volunteer driven. So we have 1500 volunteers and, uh, and these are humans. They're just like, they're very special. They're in service of their community. They're in service of gathering their creative communities. And it's, it's very humbling, to be honest. It's a very special type of human that, that is attracted to this and wants to spend time, their free time on, on organizing free events. It's, uh, I, I'm just in awe of everything you've created, as you know, uh, and when we came down with our little baby CEO organization, when we were getting started and said, how did you do this? Because <laughs> uh, it was just, it is very magical and very special. Um, you know, I, I wonder if you sort of stepped back and looked at what you've built and thought, if money got put into this system, would everything go sideways? Uh, oh, I have goosebumps right now as you ask me this. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually a firm believer that it would have. And, you know, a lot of people, first of all, when I initially had the idea that I want this to be free and in the morning, all the New Yorkers pushed back and say like, nobody will show up at 830. And I was like, I'll prove you wrong. But um, but also they all said, you will never be able to keep this free. And I remember last year we had Esther Perel speak in New York. It was a venue with 750 people. We had Balthazar breakfast. We had like, we fed them all. It was incredible. And I was sort of doing the math in my head. If we had to pay Esther Perel a speaking fee, if we had to pay for the venue, if you had to, like, if you all added up, I think a ticket would have been around 150 bucks a person. Yeah. And we are able to do this for free. There is an innocence and a purity to it because there is no money flowing um, that I think has been the secret sauce why we can we can grow it. Yeah, that that really resonates with me. I I feel exactly the same way. And there's all this, yeah. There's something the spirit of radical generosity that we have as CEO feels like a similar kind of vibe, right? It just it brings the best in people forward. Mm -hmm. It gives mm -hmm. them a place to show up whole and to share all those incredible like. MJ would call them sort of uh, our overflow of our abundance of mastery in something, mm -hmm. right? So people who just really want to contribute. That's amazing. You know, I remember when I met you and you introduced me to, <clears throat> to the term radical generosity. And it was shortly after I realized that, uh, and I mean, that resonated so deeply because the business model of Creative Mornings is radical generosity. That's it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Well, I, but I also, like, it's also dangerous. I think as a designer, you probably have read, felt through all these things. We're both very feeling leaders. But this, as soon as you name something, it starts to lose a bit of its energy as well. And so I kind of love the fact that it doesn't, what does it even mean? Like, what do these words actually mean? They're still in flow because there's so little of it, I think, maybe in the world, or maybe mm -hmm. we just can't see it yet. Um, 
let's, mm -hmm. I want to ask you one of the things that I think is one of your unbelievable superpowers is relationship building. And so you talk, you talk, <laughs> you're like, hmm, interesting. Uh, you talk about trust and trust breeding magic. And so do you have a theory or a practice that you notice about yourself around building relationships? That's so funny. I, I don't see myself yeah. having a superpower in, build, superpower in building relationships. Um, that's interesting. I always find it so interesting how we perceive each other, right? And what we're good at. But, uh, well, I, I don't know. The only thing I know is that I just love humans. And I will always believe, assume the best intentions until you prove me wrong. And yeah. That is an idealistic worldview that has oftentimes been criticized by people who are more jaded. And I'm like, I will not give up on that. I will lean into love before you have to prove me wrong that it's not, you know. And I think there's something there when you just show up, just really, and then it's my enthusiasm. I think my superpower is enthusiasm. I, if you sh come towards me with like an open heart and some interest in what we're doing or whatever, I will just steamroll you with enthusiasm right. and love. And then, <laughs> and there's something to be said. I mean, enthusiasm is incredibly infectious, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and people just want to ride that wave. It makes you feel good. I mean, that's what I think is the secret sauce of, creative mornings no matter how jaded you show up at a creative mornings and you have your walls up and it's the first time and you're like what's what's the deal here you know what's the catch this can't be real and then you just feel so good when you leave because people were kind and generous and there's no mo and and then you kind of leave and you're like damn that felt really good i want more of that that's kind of how i roll in the world yeah. like if if we're resonating if we're if there's something there then come on that wave with me <laughs> Very true. Uh, energy is a real, it, it, we use a lot of energetic words, right? When we're speaking yeah. with each other, we're talking about like resonating with each other and following the energy. Uh, do you, uh, do you do work around energy? I know that you come from a sort of interesting uh, background with your family, paying attention to energy and, and the sort of spiritual nature that is often left out of a lot of our mm -hmm. conversations. You want to yeah. talk a bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm so happy when people ask me it as nobody ever does. So, hey, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in the, the Swiss Alps and <clears throat> the area of Switzerland I grew up was like that state I grew up in was the first state that allowed for holistic healers in Switzerland to open shops. So it sort of became that probably the equivalent of, I don't know, Arizona here in the States or something. And uh, so I just grew up with a lot of kooky things, you know, in my, in my day to day. And then my dad, who was like a totally badass entrepreneur at the same time was really interested in past lives and, and uh, past life regressions. And he did them in our living room. So talking about reincarnation was something I grew up all my life and how the process of dying is actually a beautiful process. And like, sort of just, you know, you don't actually understand how much you absorb as a kid just by being in the presence of these conversations so i am just i just believe a lot of things that just you know have to do with energy and and that this life is not our only life and and all of that so when i moved to new york interestingly enough and i was my open blabby self <laughs> i realized that i just really 
um, shocked a lot of people with my beliefs. And what I noticed happening is like, I had to kind of close down just to protect myself. When I protected my angel books, I put them in a different bookshelf that not everybody could see. But it's just so beautiful to see how that is actually has, is changing right now in our society. There's a more openness. And I've always been someone who, like, uh, when I started my first business and I went to get, like, all of the business books because I wanted to be a super pro boss lady, and I read these books and I was like, well, what the heck, man? Where's, why are they not talking about the things that are important to me? It's love and showing up, you know, nourishing and, and where, where's play? Where's fun? <laughs> and and so, so to me, yeah. th that's how I approach business. Because in the end of the day, if you want to put it in spiritual terms, is you're vibing higher. Those are high vibrational states, right? Yeah. And and uh, and I am totally open with my employees. They know I'm super woo. I share articles. I share things I do or see or read. And yeah. and it's interesting. Like I can see that you know. Some of them, it took them a moment, but they're just opening up and they're also starting to use words like resonance and energy. And, and it makes me so happy because I truly believe that we're in a time of awakening uh, the business world and going from the purely analytical into our hearts. And I am so here for it. Oh, me too. I'm, I'm yeah. in the front line with a marching band. It's like, come yeah, on, everybody. <laughs> Let's Leading do it. Leading the parade. Here we go. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so true. I mean, I, I remember... Uh, oh, just I'm very much aligned with you, uh, as we know, in the boo-boo sense of life, yeah. um, giving out crystals at dinner parties and all the <laughs> magic stuff. Uh, and I just love I just love the the actual visual I have in my head now of Tina trying to be a super pro boss lady. <laughs> <laughs> Reading business books going, what the heck? Like hilarious, like so completely hilarious. Uh, and it just it strikes me because earlier this week, uh, we're all now, of course, in COVID and sort of lockdown or not all of us. New Zealand is free, <laughs> but the rest of Lucky us are. Deb. Yeah, exactly. In our spaces. Uh, and I, I remember like limiting language is something that I'm super attuned to when people mm -hmm. say negative things before doing something, mm -hmm. which basically sets them up for like not a great outcome. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one of our team members sent me a picture that she was pulling a card before sending out uh, an email for intention. She goes, no. okay, I'm just about to send out a big mail merge and I, I'm pulling a card, Vicky, and here's my card. And it was this great card and so they sent it in Slack and I'm like, yes, <laughs> the future. Just this concept of like what intention you show up with, you know, your heart-centered approach, your care for others, people mm -hmm. feel, mm -hmm. uh, and then it shows up in their work to your point, yep. this like higher vibe. I just, I think it's absolutely critical. There's add, so much more. Yeah. Let me add ahead. one thing here because that, yeah. that is something. Um, so I'm like you, the limiting beliefs is really something I'm paying attention to. And to the point where last year with my leadership team at Creative Mornings, we started pointing each other out when we are saying limiting beliefs, even though mm -hmm. we're all super attuned, we didn't catch it all the time. So we would just yeah. do a little... Yeah. Yeah. You know, point at each other and then we go like, oh my God, that was a limiting belief, what I just said. And it's so beautiful when you, when you can bring sort of this kind, safe spirit to work as well, where you can, like, I am a, I'm a firm believer that work should be the playground and the school of your future self, where you don't have to just 
pretend you know it all or like it should be just a really beautiful safe and let's help each other grow kind of environment and i feel like i i'm so lucky i have that with my team at creative mornings well it's the leadership of creating a space for that right it, it and it is really different so you have to find different kinds of people who will actually step into the transformation right mm -hmm. and the opportunity for it i mean i think uh one of i have uh I check, check in with everyone on my team each week and uh, we have this like little uh, framing for showing up. And one of the questions that I want you to, to kind of report on, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, show up and say is, uh, what are your pain points? And I remember when I first started talking about that, people would be like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not in pain. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but like, what what is it that you're not getting done? What are mm -hmm. things and which is like the opposite that anyone would ever talk to their like mm -hmm. boss lady <laughs> about to yeah. use your language. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, no, 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 that's that's the gift, right? It's like if you show up with a thing that you're not getting done, it's data, it's information for us to mm -hmm. go, oh, those are things you don't like to do. Let's find someone mm -hmm. else who likes to do those. Yeah. But the unwinding, uh, mm -hmm. wow, like are you gonna write a book about your uh, what is like the, I have to go back to your phrase because I thought it was hilarious. This is the perfect title for your book, the super pro boss lady guide <laughs> <laughs> to, to getting it done. Uh, well, I mean, it's, out, it's opposite land. <laughs> I know. I have another example that is similar yeah. to what you just said uh, in terms of how, what you ask them, those two questions when you check in with them. So I think that we do uh, in our weekly check-in as a group, we're still small enough that we can do this. Um, granted, you can do it with smaller groups if you're in a large company, but I, I must say this is one of the most successful things to what I call, they don't know this, but I call it aligning hearts. So before we start our weekly sort of check-in and um, we do what we call cherries and pits, mm -hmm. where we go through the whole group and everyone uh, shares one thing that bums them out, that's the pit like what happened something that happened since last week and that doesn't have to be so in the beginning people think it has to be semi-professional no it can be anything anything that bums you out right now because it's such good context setting for us to understand where somebody's at and then the cherry is like something positive that happened and i must tell you like just starting out the meeting like that and just humanizing the space we're in mm -hmm. and allowing people to also just say I am not doing well because, you know, and sometimes actually it gives you a point of reference and you start understanding, oh, they've been really down the last two days because I don't know, you know, right. they're dealing with something really big, which you need to give it space to show up. And, yeah. and again, I, to me, that moment is really sort of an aligning of hearts and getting us all in sort of the same heart space and not just be like, Hey, what do we get done? And how productive are we? What are the numbers? Right. I mean, that's important too, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah the to-do list like that sort of over yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting it's uh, i like the the two pieces as well the cherries and the pits mm -hmm. um because we i mean i think lots of organizations do check-ins now right where mm -hmm. you do a quick one word check-in or something to yeah. like again create the space for humans and i've been doing a lot of calls with indigenous leaders lately mm -hmm. and um they always have the the paradox of the two things you're holding it's never mm -hmm. a one word check-in it's mm -hmm. a two word check-in mm -hmm. and so uh, anxious and excited you mm -hmm. can be both at the same time right this, yeah. this framing and so i love the cherries and the pits it's actually very indigenous that mm -hmm. place of, of coming holding two things so also yeah. you know what's funny anxious and excited is a word that we coined into excited at creative mornings <laughs> because that's kind of the state we're in we're so excited all the time <laughs> oh my god of course look at the two of us vibing here i love it um 
I listened uh, to an interesting podcast yesterday and there was a phrase that was used, which reminded me of you. Um, and I, I wanted to see if this resonated with you too. Um, but it was, uh, I, I witness you as being very settled into your wisdom. Do you feel a little settled into your wisdom? Um, well, first of all, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I would say now I'm starting to really feel that a few years mm -hmm. ago, I was yeah. still doubting sort of the, you know, that this is actually mine. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I've done, you know, my story and I've done a lot of inner work for the last five years. And, and it's actually interesting. And especially with um, what, how COVID has changed our lives. I feel like there's a lot of clarity around who I am in the world and what is important that has sort of happened. I mean, I'm eternally grateful for the lucky position I'm in that, you know, I'm not going hungry and I'm, and I'm actually, I can, even though things are hard, I can lean into sort of the, the beauty that comes out of this year. And what's interesting is that I am starting to have the, the desire to write a book, which to me is what you're saying. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm starting to trust my own wisdom to put it actually into a written form. So, um, but, but to be honest, for me, it's a really big journey to trust my own inner voice and to accept that that is actually valuable for other people. Like, it's interesting when people talk to me that have seen me give talks and I tell them what an incredible struggle it is for me to work on those. And, mm -hmm. and I just last year actually had two moments where I gave talks where I could physically sense that I was standing in my power for the first time ever. That was, I was fully standing in my truth. And that was me. That was, there was no kind of like, you know, are they going to understand? Are they going to, you know, is it going to resonate? No, I was just standing solidly in my, in my truth. And that is a, I'm sure anyone who gives talks can relate to that. That's an incredible feeling. And so, oh, yeah. yes, I'm, I think I'm settling into my wisdom. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause we need you, right. We oh. need those stories. Um, we need those different perspectives. I, I think we're just really at the moment, my perception is we're very, we're between worlds, mm -hmm. right? This, this old world and this old approach is mm -hmm. failing us and it's obvious every day, so much more every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, and where we're going isn't yet quite clear. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the ability to sort of stand in that uncertainty uh, and get ready for the transformation, it needs a, a new operating system essentially for humans. What's that mm -hmm. going to be? A much um, more gen so, gentle operating system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, bravery and courage. These, uh, I, I think uh, about the courage to actually be the super pro boss, boss lady. <laughs> Is that part of the journey as well for you, uh, you know, finding your way along this? See, it's so interesting. People always yep. say you're so courageous and or you have such a high uh, risk appetite, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm a Capricorn. I'm from Switzerland. I'm the most safe human, you know, like, but then but then it's interesting how we again how we perceive ourselves i exactly. think one of the reasons why i run so many different things is because I, you know hold the table analogy if one of the things fall off at least i still some other that's to <laughs> me it's just some controlling safety 
want to make sure I'm not going under situation. And people perceive it as like, you're so risk. I mean, you're just so leaping into all of these different risky endeavors. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to create safety for me. <laughs> but it's just, it's, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself courageous. I just, again, I think I'm really good in being in complete denial of what could go wrong. <laughs> Classic entrepreneur, not calling yourself an entrepreneur. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is, it's interesting because I had uh, one of my, one of my favorite coaches, MJ Ryan, we were doing this whole thing around risk with our organization. And I'm like, I don't view that as risk. I don't view that as risk. And she goes, that's because you're not even on the chart of risk. Like you're so far off the chart. You don't even think of it as risk. So I maybe laugh at you on that one because in a sense, it's, it's sort of a risk mitigation strategy to have multiple things going on. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. But, th but don't you think that I remember when, you know, Creative Mornings, for example, has gone through many really stressful times where I wasn't sure if I'm going to make it. And and then this dear friend of mine who who I just admire so much and who's just a smart human, very grounded human, human, he said, come on, let me just talk you through a few things. And I was just totally, that was in my time, you remember, when my life was changing a lot on a lot of fronts, where I was yeah. just... I was just fear spiraling. I was just, I didn't have any tools to catch those things. <clears throat> Again, I'm going into energetic talk, but eventually they're just like giant trains barreling down a mountain if you don't catch them early enough. And I was like fear spiraling or crazy. And my friend said to me, was like, what's the worst that could happen? I was like, well, Creative Mornings is going to go bankrupt and this is going to go bankrupt and everything's going to go fall apart. And then he just looked at me, but with such a calm like just such calm and said, Tina, you can turn on the money hose if you need to. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, Tina, you can go and get a job. Like yeah. you have so many skills, like somebody will hire you. And, and I think in the back of my mind, I've always known I'm hireable. If everything falls apart, I'll find yeah. a job. <laughs> and I think when you have sort of like your own safety net in the back right. of your mind, I was like, I'm going to be fine. And that, yeah, that really helps. <laughs> it is interesting because we do forget that. And I think this is one of the things where I, you know, I think at this moment in time in particular, being in community and getting surrounded by the others mm -hmm. uh, is really important because it's so hard often to see these things ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, to your point, it's if you want to get rid of li limiting beliefs or if you want to at least be aware of those limiting beliefs and how they influence you, it's mm -hmm. easier to do it if someone else is helping you figure yeah. it out. Like, hey, you just said that. Oh, I did? Oh my God, I didn't even realize it, right? You know, yeah. I call it, uh, thanks to my friend Sharon, she taught me this, this uh, term and I just love it so much. It's helped me actually in the business world how to see that. I call it the web of love. Mm -hmm. The people nice. that just will have your back that you can introduce to, like, it's just, like, for example, she told me at one point, if you have, let's say, sponsors or partners or clients that you just love there's just a deep nourishing relationship and a win-win on every level right she says go to them and ask them for who else should i work with this is so wonderful is there someone that you think i should know or just with friends even we did once a, a, a undercover singles event with creative mornings where we just asked people we loved is there someone you love that should come to the, who's single to come to this event? So it was sort of the web of love in action. And there is just something to be said that when you trust someone and there is just a friendship and love there, that whoever they're introducing you to, for whatever reason that is, 
there is a you show up with such trust and 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 like a deep connection right away that otherwise has to be earned and you don't know are they for real or not so I've, i i just keep thinking about when i'm hitting a wall or something or i need help it's like how can i activate my web of love boom oh my god i love that so much activating the web of love it's uh what we keep noticing at CEO because it's uh, this concept of radical generosity and stepping into it and we do everything kind of the opposite <laughs> of everybody else <laughs> zero well, percent interest loans yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that people are like what huh uh, and the only way our community has grown is through that trusting relationship of you know Tina told her two friends and they told their two friends uh and it and it sort of comes with ease when it goes that way. Otherwise, there's way too much explaining and convincing. And it's like, forget it. That's mm -hmm. just way too hard. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I wonder about the the trust piece as well, because um, I, you know, one of the tools that I've learned, and you just shared a piece of it from your perspective too, which is when you vibe immediately with somebody like I did with you, we met each other. It was like, boom, okay, mm -hmm. soul sister. <laughs> it didn't take time to build that relationship. It happened in an instant, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I often, when I find amazing people like that, and we we meet each other again, my husband says the family's coming together, as mm -hmm. how he talks about it. It's like, who are the five people like us that we haven't mm -hmm. each met? Mm -hmm. uh, and that, so coming from that position is so much easier than like going to, into that huge room and going, oh my God, how do I find the one mm -hmm. person in here who's my soulmate? <laughs> it's hard, you know? It is. Uh, it is. So I, I love that. I think there's is there must be some energetic theory around that somewhere that we'll yeah. learn later and go, oh, that was the secret to everything. <laughs> I mean, what you're doing is all web of love, if you ask me. Yeah, it is. It really yeah. is. I love it. And it's funny because you even said at the beginning, I'm learning all these things again, too, that trust breeds magic. We keep saying when you show up on these calls each week with CEO, because we're doing them each week, is this hashtag CEO magic. Again, you went into a small group of four people. You asked for help and the person was in your room. Like, how does that happen week after mm -hmm. week? It's so crazy. But again, just... when it comes from trust, yeah. Uh, Tatley, mm -hmm. how's it going? What's happening <laughs> with Tatley? And what is Tatley? Give us a quick. Um, <clears throat> so Tatley is a temporary tattoo company that I started nine years ago. <laughs> I still have to laugh when I tell this story because- I, It makes me just laugh watching you laugh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, here's how it happened. So I have a daughter who's now 14, but at the time I think she was seven. Wait, math, whatever. Um, and she she came home from a, you know, so I'm a trained designer, right? So I have kind of high, high um, demands into aesthetics that's around me. So anyway, she came home from another birthday party and in this shitty goodie bag were these like designs, these tattoos that were just such an insult to my Swiss aesthetic. I was like, I can't. I can't deal with this one more time. And so I have this personal rule that if I keep complaining about something, because in Switzerland, people complain all the time and I can't stand it. I, I keep telling myself, if you catch yourself complaining repeatedly about something, you have two options, Tina, do something about it or just let it go. And, and I was like, I can't let this one go. So I'm a designer. At the time, I ran a design studio. I was like, wait a second. I have so many illustrator friends. I can create a website without a problem. I can brand this thing. And then I saw so two months later, I launched Tatly sort of as a joke. Uh, so my daughter could have really cool temporary tattoos by really <laughs> cool artists. But then the second day in business, the Tate Modern Shop called the buyer. And I was in complete shock in my office. And he's like, congratulating me on the brand and asking me how long we've been in business. And I'm like, <clears throat> two days. <laughs> and then 
he asked for a wholesale catalog. And I remember I was cool as a cucumber. I was like, sure, no problem. I wrote down his information and then I hung up and I remember turning to my studio mates. I was like, what the heck is a wholesale catalog? Does this mean I need packaging? <laughs> and oh my then, God. And then it just, you know, and I have never sold a product. I knew nothing about margins. Like, I oh mean, God, talk about a really steep learning curve. And then I just bootstrapped the heck out of it. I hired young, super enthusiastic people and we figured it out one by one. And so now, fast forward nine years later, and with COVID, given me so much clarity on where my energy should go. <laughs> I've sort of, I mean, I've ran Tatley as a side project for the last nine years and which kind of hurts me in my soul because it's an incredibly loved brand. We have over 120 legit incredible artists that we license art from. We're, we're shipping all over the world. We're in like a thousand stores. We're in all the museum stores. I mean, if you look at the story of Tatley yeah. and considering that I ran this as a side project, it is a freaking miracle. But, um, you know, uh, when, when COVID hit and <clears throat> over 60% of our whole uh, income is wholesale, that was really hard. And I had to basically let the whole team go because overnight sort of 60, 70% of our income was gone. And now we're back to like a small crew and I'm trying to sell Tatley, trying to find it a new home. And it's just, and again, talk about, talk about like, I, I'm a big believer that Tatley is an incredible teacher in my life because <laughs> yes. I've yeah. just learned so many things. And especially now in this sort of, um, in this, in this moment of, of finding a new home for something you have built and feeling into what, how can I honor this company? I really believe that Tatley is an entity that has a soul and has feelings and has like, I, I really am all out there. And, and I just want to do Tatley right. And I've been going through so many acquisition conversations over the last seven months where sometimes I would get off these calls and my heart would want to just fall into a million pieces because I was like, no, there's no way this person will get this labor of love because they don't get it. They just don't get it. And then there's people, you know, that you just, your heart starts singing and you're like, oh my God, if only you can adopt Tatley. And it's just, it's just mm. an interesting story. And there are some people we're talking to right now. But I mean, for me, and maybe you can relate because you've run multiple businesses, it's like, how do you honor it? Because I am not entirely driven by money, but at the same time, I would love a, I would love to see an exit, right? So, but yeah. then there's like this, this balance of what is the right thing to do? What is the right intention? Or what is the right sort of, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning a lot, but I must say, uh, the thing I've never thought about is that when you start a project, you don't really think about how hard it is actually to end it as well. <laughs> yeah. It's very true. There's like this birth and dying process, right? And, or like rebirth, whatever's happening at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't know how it's so funny. One of the first things I learned when I was getting more involved in sort of the original venture, venture capital spaces, as you're starting, you're asked about how you're going to end it. Mm -hmm. Like what's your exit strategy. And I always mm -hmm. found that so bizarre. I'm like, I'm just starting. Like, why would I think about that? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's that's the whole like capitalist, old school, just flipping things vibe, right? That just is like so, you know, wrong incentive. Wrong yeah, incentive. totally wrong incentive in every single way. <laughs> so is what are the gifts of COVID for you? 
let me stretch you here a little I, bit. <laughs> no, no, I always, yeah. I just always have a hard time answering that question without hurting people who are hurting, you know? Yeah. Because no, I feel course. like it's a very yeah. privileged lens I have. So I just want yeah. to acknowledge that. <clears throat> um, to me, COVID has been incredibly humbling and a big teacher in that, just as an example, Creative Mornings I built because I believe true connections are made face-to-face -face and not behind a screen. I'm the biggest face-to-face -face proponent. And <clears throat> so that was really important to me that, you know, everything is face-to-face. -face. And, and then COVID hits and the whole premise of what, why we exist is taken away. And I was completely numb. Like I was in shock. <laughs> and then a community is not a community until it self-organizes, but our hosts like Denver, Calgary, and Austin on March 13th hosted the first virtual events. And I attended one after another and I was in tears mm -hmm. because they instantly flipped it. We have a saying like flip it when you have a problem, just like flip it yeah. on its head and make it positive. They instantly flipped it. And I was very, I felt very humbled and, and felt like, wow, Tina, where are you closed off in life in general? Not just with your own company, because now we've had over 800 virtual events and we have started to define what is possible, how, how the notion of the good feel of creative mornings can translate to virtual. And it's not a one-to-one -one translation. We had to experiment and figure out how do we get into people's hearts the way we do an IRL? And I'm, I'm realizing that I've been really closed off because for example, field trips, it's sort of a workshop series that we've prototyped in New York for three years, which I really believe is sort of basically put a peer-to-peer -peer university on top of Creative Mornings. And we had over 600 in New York and we tried to figure out how can we scale this in, in other cities. And the biggest problem was venues. How are we gonna figure out? Well, guess mm -hmm. what? Yeah, Field easy. Trips has exploded. We had over 200,000 signups since March. And, and again, I'm like, damn, Tina, you didn't want to see it's possible. Yeah. So to me, I feel the big lesson from COVID is, Tina, where, again, limiting beliefs, where do you not see an opportunity that you had to be forced into? Don't, don't have to be like, just maybe see them before, you know. And, and then also with, with um, Tatley, I mean, if I'm really honest, I was, I was having a hard time for a long time and I was trying to sell it for a while already. And even though as horrible it was to let the team go, it almost, I almost felt like, wow, I can do it without feeling completely guilty and a loser. And I, some other business owners have told me the same thing, that they were already kind of at the end of their energy. And and I, and I know this is, this is, I probably shouldn't say it out loud, but it, there was some relief there that, you know, I, I was given some outside circumstances that allowed me to, um, you know, reduce the team. Yeah, there's been, we've noticed quite a bit of rethinking with some of our ventures as well, where they, the, the COVID experience has had them step back and go, wait a minute, I built this whole beast that I have to feed. And it's like, I'm not, I'm no longer at the center of why I started this. What does that mm -hmm. mean? And so there's, yeah, there's quite a journey for That's many a of really us. That's a really difficult position. Yeah, it's hard. For some, it's so really hard. hard. 
Yeah, because you, especially especially if you're a heart-centered leader and you just love all your people so much and you're, but but I, I feel like that's a lesson that when people come to me now, especially young entrepreneurs, like keep checking in with yourself because I've been, I've been drained by Tatley for, for two years. And that's, and I don't want mean to say this as in a, I'm complaining about the company I've built, but I think it's important that we actually stay in touch with, is this still feeding me? Yeah. Because you don't do anyone the service because your team senses it if you're drained by it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, my husband, Richard and I, every day are like, what worked today? What didn't, what do we want to tweak? And constantly like feeling we are the designers of our life. If it's mm-hmm. not working, how do we shift it? Because mm-hmm. I've had, uh, I've had lots of journeys along the way of starting these projects and companies where uh, I found myself going, how did I get here? Oh my mm-hmm. God. I hate everything I just created. What did I just do? Know, and so I'm so acutely aware of that with mm-hmm. CEO that I don't want to mess this up because mm-hmm. it's, I want to love this. Mm-hmm. And I do, but it's, it's a constant uh, paying attention to what's working yeah. and what's not and, and where are we going? Yeah. I will take that with me, Vicky. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a continuous thing. It doesn't end. It's not like, okay, good. That's the right strategy every day, almost, especially now. Mm-hmm. I feel like every week is a year. Uh, there's just so <laughs> it's just like fast forward insanity yeah. on all this stuff. I love you so much. I love you too. Vicky. today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just, I have this, yeah. I have this thing when I, when I, I've made my, my word of the year is resonance. Mm-hmm. As you can probably tell, it comes up a lot. And I'm really trying to deeply, deeply listen to my body when I talk with people, when I experience things. And I have this thing that I'm noticing now that when, you know, there's, I call it when I'm in the presence of truth, I get mm-hmm. really warm yeah. and fuzzy here. It kind of expands. I had that multiple times during our conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's absolutely a blessing to have known you and keep on doing it, sister. You're incredible. Well, says, says, says Vicky, who's <laughs> changing the world. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do you have an ask, by the way? We always end with an ask if you have one. Do you have an ask for the community? Just think about how you can show up with an open heart and kindness in your day today. Nice. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you for listening to the CEO.world podcast. If this conversation resonated with you, please share it with a friend and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you'd like more information about CEO, please visit our website at CEO.world. That's S-H-E-E-O dot world.